Greetings, friends. You are listening to We Own This Town Music, the podcast for showcasing new and notable tracks from Nashville and surrounding areas. I'm your host, Michael Eads, and this is volume 330. As you can tell from the title of this episode, we've got a special guest with us today. Joining me in the studio is Patrick Orr from the band Crave On. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Thanks Good to for, be here. Yeah, thanks for joining me. I asked you to come in because you released a new record called Slow Pulsing Rainbow this yeah. year, October, right? It was October 7. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yep. It's a phenomenal record. Thank it's you. It's great. Thank you. And I kind of wanted you to come in and curate a playlist for us this week. So oh, we're yeah. going to talk about Craven a little bit, and then we're going to talk about a bunch of local artists that you like. It's, yes. It seems like you know a lot of local artists. There's names on this list, this playlist that you've sent me that I know, and then several that I don't know. It's Music City. It's, yeah, it yeah. is Music City. Yeah. It's true. But in a good way. In a great way. I love it. Yeah. There's a ton of talented people here. Yeah, there really are an unbelievable amount of talented people that are not making country music and they are not doing weird singer-songwriter things. Right. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's both, There's that and there's other stuff. There's every everything you could, um, almost everything you could. Oh, what do you think we're missing? I, I want to know who is making good reggae music locally. I don't know if we have, if, there, if somebody knows and they can tell me then find me and tell me please because i want to know yeah i know of a one person making some dub oh. uh they're called black market dub okay sweet but it's often uh you know like mixed with some other thing that you know of like yeah they'll take like rolling stones and make it into a dub sweet. version that so, sounds awesome yeah i'll send you some black market yeah. dub yes um yes it's coming out of nashville it's happening that's exciting to know i'm <laughs> I'm thrilled. I can't believe I had an answer for that. Yeah, I'm so stoked to hear it. <laughs> well, why don't you tell me a little bit about Slow Pulsing? Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about Craveon? Craveon. Is this an actual band? Is this yeah. a pseudonym for right. yourself? It started as as a thing of, I played all the instruments on the first album. It was just a recording project. We were living in the Northwest in Olympia, Washington. So I made our first album and just threw it up on Bandcamp. We didn't even have a live band at the time. And then we moved to Nashville. I'm from Nashville, but we moved, I moved back here and Kate came with me, who mm -hmm. is my partner of 13 years. Cool. So we moved here. And then the following year, which was 2015, we put together our live band. And then we just kind of, the train kept going. We made another album the next year. Different people came in and out. I will say Brian, our bass player, mm -hmm. joined us for the first show, which was in March of 2015. And then he's been with us the whole time we've been a live performing band. Right. And Kate has been playing violin in the live band ever since the first show in March of 2015. So at that point, it started off as a recording thing and then it became a live thing. And then it's become more collaborative oh, cool. as time has gone on. Yeah. This, yeah. is, this goes back as far as 2014. First record is 2014, is that right? 2014. I, I had been making music in Boston prior to that. My band at that time was Personal Finance. Great name. And then, so that project was over, and then this, the next thing I wanted to do, or what that happened, was this Craven project. And then that has just been a thing that is basically, yeah, now it's going on for eight eight years. Or it'll be eight years because it was Christmas Day of 2014 that I put it up on Bandcamp. I didn't have any plan for how to release it or anything. Mm -hmm. I just put it up because I wanted it to be done before the end of the year. Right. So this year at Christmas, it'll be eight years since that. 
Well, happy birthday. Yeah. Congratulations. To that one. Yeah. To, um, that was uh, Jewel Encrusted Laughter was that yeah. album. Uh, I went through your discography and Jewel Encrusted Laughter, 2014. Who made these shirts? Right. In 2016. Yep. Cheers, also 2016? Yeah. Two yep. records in one year. The Who Made These Shirts is an EP where we actually re-recorded some of the songs from Jewel Encrusted Laughter with our band nice. at the time. So on the front of it, you see Kate and Jack Holway, who was playing drums with us at the time. So we re-recorded some of those songs to get, so you could see how two different takes of it would be, one with me playing all the instruments and the other with the band. Yeah, Kate, Brian, Jack, and our friend Alex was playing on that. And then Cheers was, it was a blend of some stuff where I did drums, Jack did some drums, but that was kind of the band at that time, the mm-hmm. album for for that year, 2016. But then right as that, as we finished that, it was a kind of transition time where Jack and Alex weren't in the band anymore as we went from 2016 into 2017. So we became a trio at that time. Without a drummer, we thought, what can we do? And... Actually, I had been in Berlin on vacation the year previous, and I was noticing how much people there like electronic music, so I got interested in drum machines, and so then we started playing with drum machines. Yeah. But then I thought, well, it'll be weird if we do the songs that we were doing previously, but now it's just missing a drummer, so let's do some new stuff. And then I think we had started to play the song Cuckoo, which was an old folk song, Cuckoo Bird. So... Then we had the idea to do an album of folk songs, and as a kind of frame for it, we and this was um, Evergreens mm-hmm. from 2017. So we then um, took songs from the Harry Smith Anthology of American Folk Music, which was a collection that I think came out in the late 50s, and that was all recordings from the late 20s. To the um, early 30s. To the early 30s. Yeah. We reinterpreted those with the kind of drum machine-y, synthy sound to kind of just do something different. And then that drum machine stuff then led into the next album, which was Ace on the Outspeaker, which was all drum machine and synth backing. And it was our, still our trio lineup. But at that point, we were doing original songs, right? which was all written by me, except for a few, which were co-writes with me and Kate. Right. And then that led to this one, which is almost entirely co-written by me and Kate. Awesome. Yeah. Do you feel like the band sort of found its thing with Evergreens? Because I feel like, you know, the the bass instrumentation, the bass like sort of sound for the band is kind of acoustic and withdrawn and like, uh, I wouldn't say sparse, but, you know, it, it isn't instrumentation that you would think of that would mix with electronics, like drum machines and right. synths and stuff. But you found a excellent blend of that right uh it's you know particularly ace on the outspeaker i is a beloved record for me i, I think you, it's fantastic you. i love evergreens as well but those, thank you those are covers yeah yeah those yeah are it's covers. true it's, it's a little different yeah <laughs> it's true it's true so i think ace on the outspeaker you know it feels like you found the the thing yeah we found something and now it's <laughs> and now i think we are after doing drum machine for a while then Another thing with this album is it's half the songs are recorded when we were still kind of in that drum machine time of the band. Other songs are recorded with Anson, who's now playing drums in the band. He joined last year when we started playing out after lockdown. And basically, we were just tired of doing drum machines. And I was trying to find a way to 
get out of that. And so some of these songs are um, like the first one, Settle Up. And actually, I think um, Settle Up, Dandelion, those are ones where I made drum samples and programmed the beat. So it's kind of, it has an organic drum sound, but it's not actually a person playing drums. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, I think we found a certain sound with Evergreens, and then that kind of spilled over into Ace on the Out speaker. And then some of that flavor is still in Slow Pulsing Rainbow. But I think as we're continuing on working on new material right now, it's going to be almost totally live with live percussion or i don't know if there'll be any drum machine so i think hopefully there's a continuity between even the very first stuff up until what we're doing now yeah it's an evolution right but i think it's still always it comes out sounding a certain way that's different from um I don't know. I thought it would, you know, thought it would sound like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds or something, mm-hmm. but but it's just it is what it is, and it's its own thing. Yeah, you know, it's still and you kind of want it to be its own thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. It it becomes its own thing despite what ideas we have about what we think it's going to sound like. It has its own life. Interesting. Yeah. You're not forming that? You think it's no. kind of taking its own? It's forming us. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's um, jump into a song from Slow Pulsing Rainbow, and then we'll play your first little set of tracks from some local Nashvillians, and then we'll just talk about it. We'll talk more about Cravon, and, you know, we'll just have a conversation. We'll have a nice time. Vibing out. Yeah. Does that sound yeah. good? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to play Day of the Dead from Slow Pulsing Rainbow. Sound good? Dig it, yeah. All right, here we go. First set. Did you hear anything? Did you hear anything? Slipping through the cracks. Could it be anything? Could it be anything? Features rushing Around 
right, that was our first set. At the very top of that, we heard Day of the Dead from Cravon off of the brand new record, Slow Pulsing Rainbow. After that, we heard 100% by Jonathan Stone Phillips from the Sundial Sound Volume 1 compilation. And then we closed with Rich Ruth's Angel Slide off of I Survived. It's over. So, first question, when listening to Day of the Dead by your band, how does it make you feel to listen to your own music? It's not, uh, it's not, I feel, I feel like I'm troubleshooting. I'm, I'm, I'm listening and I'm thinking, you know, I mixed the album, so... You spent an inordinate amount of time with it. Yeah, I engineered it and mixed it. So when I listen to it, it's like my brain is still in this mode of like, what's the thing here that could be fixed or what could be tweaked? Mm. What's the weakest thing here that I could improve? As if I was still mixing it, but I'm not anymore. So then I just feel like, oh, it could... Maybe it could be better. Well, is that process for you never ending? Do you just have to sort of reach a point where you're like, "This, I'm going to stop? Oh, yeah. Like, there's still, I won't say what it is, but there's at least one sound on the album that I still think I could turn down. If I, I've thought about it, should I turn it down and get the mastering people to do it again and re-upload that? But then I'm like, nobody is hearing that. Sure. On Ace on the Outspeaker, we just set a deadline and just said it's done when it's done mm-hmm. on that day it's the release date april 26 i think it was we just said like that's it and then with this one we said let's take as long as it needs to be so then it was a like a three-year thing and that included covid and also we had a baby me and kate had a baby so <laughs> yeah. all this stuff happened but good good reasons yeah, to delay take, it, take yeah. three years and three years is not a not a totally unusual amount of time to no. spend on an album, but even even as long as as long as it go, I, I just like different speakers, different volumes. I hear different things. Like so, that's why on the next album, I think we're gonna try to go to a studio instead of doing right. it at home. I'm just gonna see. Well, if somebody else does the mixing, will will it sound amazing to me, or will it will it be the same? Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. there's only one way to find out. Really, we're gonna find out. My other question, along other than troubleshooting, do you like hearing the music that you make? Are, yeah. are you able to turn that troubleshooting off a little bit and be like, yeah, we make cool music. I like this. Yeah, I think so. I, I will say if I can listen to it in the car and turn it up really loud, then I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel quite proud of it. And I think this is doing some interesting things that I'm not hearing other music do. So I like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think your combination of instruments and your vocal style is very unique. And in a very, I mean that in a complimentary way. Cool. Uh, yeah. Everybody's unique in a way, but we're, I know we come from, a, we listen to some weird music and I don't want to say we're so eccentric as people, but we're, we're not so odd or weird, but we are kind of weirdos a little bit, you know? I think being a weirdo is great. Yeah. It's a, it's a plus. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. But I mean, you don't really hear a, like Ace on the Outspeaker being uh, the example I'll go back to, but like drum machine synths violin right i think well you don't see that a whole lot with the 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 sort of recipe that you put them in there might be violin on a track right for someone's record that has drum machines and synth but the the way the the mixture of them that you've chosen is yeah i think is unique we've definitely 
from the beginning made a really conscious choice not to be generic or to not to fall into a kind of we don't want to be classic rock or um i think we want it you know to be unique and that is it's always something that is a new challenge is how to how to incorporate that element that's going to make it a little bit different because i think you know from the from really early on I, i thought our goal was to do can meets van like the German band Can mm-hmm. with Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. And because the kind of music I have always liked the most is that Krautrock type stuff, you know, and Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, singer-songwriter stuff. So to try to get them both together, I guess, is the goal. And that's why we have stuff like synthesizer, drum machine, and the violin is a kind of certain texture that's that just makes it different and unique. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly just titled the episode right there. <laughs> can meets van yeah yeah i remember i remember you know the late jim ridley the film writer Mm -hmm. i I remember seeing him at stone fox so that must have been around 2015 or 16 or something and i remember saying this new band i'm in crave on and it's or can meets van (laughs) yeah did he did he take to it i think so (laughs) i mean it's uh it's really hard to live up to that but uh that's our that's our goal i mean those are great influences to pick it's hard from. because because Can is not a lyrical band, mm-hmm. but from the beginning, lyrics has been a, a focus or an emphasis that we've so to to make lyrical music, but then also to have that those spacey psychedelic kind of avant garde textures. That's our that's our challenge. But Can is not a lyrical band, sure. And no, really, no kraut rock band is. I'm. I, I can't think of anything that's really sure. It's not really one of the foundational elements of kraut rock, right? To have words. That's all about it, its texture and yeah. rhythm. Yeah, but, but I think that definitely shows through even on Slow Pulsing Rainbow, like that track. Maybe you'll think differently, but uh, Blue Jays in the Summer Snow, I think, has like a really hypnotic element to it and it's very vocal right but it is also very like repetitive in this way that kind of puts you in a trance and yeah maybe we'll play that later sure. here in the show but it is it, it does like lock you in yeah in that way yeah that one is it's definitely a kind of nursery rhyme kind of song in in the it goes back and forth between the improv sections and the verses that I, I think of, there's a Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra song called Some Velvet Morning. Mm-hmm. And that also has two sections that it goes back and forth with, but just almost like a, yeah, Sugar Plum Fairy or something. Yeah. I think there's kind of mystical flavor that that we've always liked. And that is also something I like in kraut rock music and psychedelic music. And yeah, you can, you can do it with lyric. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So Tame Impala has built an empire on that. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> You could hear all the lyrics when you listen to them, but that's definitely a band where it's the vibe and the texture is sure. is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And I think we're still in kind of it's 50-50 songwriting and then also trying to make sure that bed of music under the song is colorful and warm and has yeah. that kraut rocky flavor, but also, you know, similar to like, Bob Dylan Desire album or something that we like that folk rocky stuff but right you're achieving it (laughs) cool yeah that's it's happening that's the goal I'm not saying it's easy but you're you're getting there it's happening we also always want to try new things so then what's what's coming next is going to be I I think an extension of the of all that we've done so far but we don't want to have necessarily 
violin on every single Craven song from here until sure. Doomsday. So something like that, we might get a new texture. Keyboards, like we when we play live, we never have keyboards, but there's a synthesizer on almost every song on the album or on the last two albums, I think, almost every single. And and the first album was had quite a lot of keyboards too. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll change it up. I look forward to it. Um, what can you tell me about the Jonathan Stone Phillips track that we heard? Hundred percent. He's in the he's in the band Faux Ferocious, which is wildly different vibe right. than that solo work there, yeah. which I love. Right, love that. Right, they're like a, they're crowdy. They remind me of the OCs or Parquet Courts, or mm-hmm. it's a really high energy. Or um, the band Wire, the British band Wire, yep. the post punk band. And then this is a. I think he's got a whole album, and um, this is a single from it. We played a show with him at Halcyon Bike Shop in September, and I just really like the whole thing, the lyrics, and I really like the drumming, too. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this is out. I don't think the album's not out. It's just that one song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's that's from a compilation called The Sundial Sound, Volume 1. And I was unfamiliar with this until you had sent it over, but I looked it up. It's pretty fascinating. Sundial Sound is like a mobile music production studio. So I guess it's like a big, oh. a big van. Wow. And cool. I'm assuming all of these songs that are on the compilation were recorded in this environment. That's a guess. I'm not sure. But uh, the compilation itself has like 11 tracks from a ton of great people. The Minks, Hans Condor, Reed Cummings, Jonathan Stone Phillips, Alicia Gale, tons more. It's really interesting. I haven't heard the whole thing. I think I just just ran across. I think I just typed his name into Spotify or something. And then. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one song on Spotify for him. Yeah. My impression is that there's a, a he has a solo album that's not released yet. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, well, that's exciting, and we look forward to that. After that, we heard Angel Slide from Rich Ruth off of I Survived, It's Over. We've played Rich Ruth on this show many times before. That record is incredible. It's, yeah. It's so good. We love yeah. Rich Ruth here. Uh, we've played him for... I don't know, I guess when his first stuff popped up on Bandcamp, I've been playing it. And this record is just like such a delightful evolution of everything he's done. Oh, yeah. I think I first saw him playing live at the Proper Sake, which I don't think is there anymore. Oh, is it gone? I think it's gone or it moved, but it used to be over by Third Man Records. Yep. It was a show of Peter One and Rich Ruth, and it might have been the release show for his first album, Calming Signals. Calming Signals, yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, he really had a good synthy crowdy vibe and this one is amazing this new album love the wind instruments on it like we were listening and talking about how good the flute sounds on there mm-hmm. so yeah he has a really wide range of sounds on there and it's really cool to have that coming out of nashville it's unbelievable yeah yeah he's fantastic yeah i saw him his release show at the blue room at third man and it was wild okay what do you want to play next you want to play another crave on song let's do that right okay crave on plus let's do, two let's do blue jays okay let's do blue jays yeah summer snow Blue jays in the summer snow Fly 
of sunlight dripping with rain steam from the pavement gets on your grave blue jays in the summer snow summer snow
Grace and beauty. Grace and beauty. Petals and stems. Petals and stems. Pink, orange, yellow and green. top of that set we heard blue jays in the summer snow by cravon from slow pulsing rainbow after that we heard jasmine cassett with have you met me yet from the have you met me yet i will never let you go from me split single and then we closed with dave cloud and the gospel of power with the track flowers from the album practice in the milky way we talked about blue jays in the summer snow i think now that the audience has heard it if they were not familiar with it enough already they can either tell me i'm an idiot for saying that it had kraut influences and and mesmerizing influences or they can agree with me we'll let them decide but that does lead to an interesting question that we were talking about off air what is your genre right how do you describe like after hearing that song you know there's a little bit of americana there's a little bit of folk there's a little bit of rock there's a little bit of kraut like what are your thoughts on how bands have to classify themselves and what is the usage and purpose of that right i guess the the usage and purpose it would have to be making it easier for people who don't know about it to come to it making a path for right. people for us we when we're making music we're not thinking about what genre it is right we're not thinking we need to make something that's gonna fit somewhere but that said i would say we we play a kind of indie music or If I'm talking to somebody who I don't know and I'm describing it, I would say it's indie rock on the folkier side. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. But I think that's also underselling it. Yeah, it's not like we're not like pavement, really. But then I also it's not we're not a psychedelic band. We like psychedelic elements. Mm -hmm. But with the psychedelic, that also feels like it could be pastiche. You know, like it for sure. Some bands that are psychedelic, it just sounds like 
Beatles music. Oh, I don't even think I think of psych rock when you say psychedelic. Yeah, like right. It, it is a broad brush, but it also means kind of a specific thing in my brain. Right. I think genres are an interesting challenge because they do serve the purpose that you're describing, which is like an audience can come to you because of this certain word or a combination of words, but it can also incorrectly pigeonhole you, which is you right. know unfortunate for sure. I think a band like you know the Minutemen when they came out, I don't know if they said we're we're gonna make a punk band but now you could say that's what it is or when the stooges came out i don't know if they said we're gonna do garage rock but right those things did not really exist then i don't think those labels were really right a thing so we're waiting for our our label yeah to retroactively right yeah you know people let it come to you right right yeah in 10 years people say that was I don't know, post indie or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Put post on the beginning of it. Yeah, you got it. It's like for ooh. sure. Oh, you're post folk. Post folk. Uh, yeah, I'd say we're um, post post folk kraut. Post strokes. I don't know. No, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> but with strokes a genre of music, it started to become one. But when the Strokes came out, it was there was the Strokes, the Hives, the White Stripes, right, the Vines, all the but, all all this, and nobody was. I think at that time people said garage rock revival, maybe. But I mean, when Can came out, they didn't say the new kraut rock band. Sure, you know, right? Yeah, I think it's just a it's a thought exercise. Yeah. I know there's no real answer. I just think it's a fun thing to think about. Yeah, like you know, as a band, one of your primary problems outside of making music, which I think it's whole conversation in and of itself but like being a musician is two jobs making music and then getting people to hear the music right and that second part might be exponentially harder than the first yeah i think especially because people who are drawn to making music are not you know it's almost like a different it's a it's totally different, different mindset than totally than thinking in a marketing way. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And you don't necessarily want to listen to your album that you've worked on for three years and be like, that's indie rock. Right. And just like distill it down to two words. Right. That's not fun. But it really depends on who asks, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I just say to people, have you heard of the Velvet Underground? And sometimes people say no. So then if they say that, then I just say, oh, it's just, it's kind of rock music, right. you know? right. But if some, it's somebody who's a music head, right. somebody like you that listens to music all day, every day, then I can get more specific with reference point. But just to say a genre, you know, if I'm sending on an email to say we're going on tour and I'm trying to get a show in another town, I would just say we're kind of a like a folky indie rock band with kraut influences or something. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's great. It just depends on who's asking. Because it could be, you know, if 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 it was like um, your mom, I don't know, maybe she's really, if it's a, if it's somebody who's... Are you throwing out a your mom joke <laughs> at me now? If it's somebody who's uh, not into this kind of stuff, if it's I, like when I'm doing my day job and I'm interacting with the public and, and it comes up that I do music, then... I would just kind of throw out a few feeler questions to figure out who these people know. What, what, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then kind of try. You're to, like, it's like early Taylor Swift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. yeah. Drake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all those things combined. Yeah. yeah. But with violin. With violin and uh, synthesis. Well, I guess that's that stuff does have synthesizer and drum machines. So yeah, it is. Maybe we're more like them than we have. You know, can meets Drake. 
Yeah. I think, you know, there was some Kanye West stuff that had canned samples, at least one song I can think of. But yeah, I think actually now different kind of music. It used to be that can was a really kraut rock music was more niche. At least I perceived it to be something that only a few people know about. But now I think it's spilling out everywhere. I don't know. I think maybe, maybe. But I also think as we get older, we tend to gravitate towards people that have similar interests. So like right. your circle of people that you hang out with and, and yeah. interact with, they know what can is. Right. But, it's, that perception is can trick you because sometimes I, you think, I think, oh, well, now everybody knows about can. And then and then I talk to somebody and I say, like, you know, the band, the Black Keys. And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, OK. So interesting. Something, you know, or because right. or, or, I do Uber, so I'm driving people around and I say, that that's Third Man Records where Jack White has a place. And people are like, who? And I'm like, you know, the White Stripes. People are like, no, I don't know what that is. Wow. So something that seems like you think everybody in sure. the world knows what it is. There's still a lot of people who don't. Well, let's be honest. People should know who the White Stripes is. I mean, that's a very big band. Well, they should, everyone should know who... Um, can is actually no not even really good stuff isn't for everybody so you don't have to like it but right. you can know what it is right i've i've never listened to a kanye west record from top to bottom ever in my life but yeah. i know who kanye west is yeah well not everybody can know everything so you know it's <laughs> you very polite have of to you. be understanding <laughs> All right. Uh, after the Crave On song, we heard uh, Jasmine Cassett with Have You Met Me Yet? Uh, you got anything that you want to throw out there about Jasmine? I'm just uh, really struck by how well she does lyrics. But in both of these songs that we played in this, that people who I think of as really good with words. And that's something that I don't hear enough of in music because I'm a really language oriented person. Mm -hmm. So I love it when I do hear somebody who I think of as being really creative with that not just the music but the lyrics so i'm consistently impressed when i hear the words she's putting together yeah she's great she's yeah. uh extremely talented i'm a, obviously a huge fan i guess with total transparency in mind my record label yk records did put out that release but you picked the song correct so we played yeah. it on the show right. because you picked it yeah yeah there's, it's great. It's both both of those songs are really good. Yeah, yeah, and I was really completely just blown away by the Tuxedo album that was her and Keish Knight did together. That mm -hmm. to me was I just listened to that one a ton. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, she's very good at collaboration. Yeah, I mean. Her skills can just apply to lots of different people. Yeah. It's great. You know, most of her stuff is with Jordan Linning, right. who helps compose a lot of the music or or at least is bringing her ideas to life in some way or another. And I, I think that's also a, a great pairing. She's, yeah. She's just good at that, I think. Yeah, I'm just, I, I dig it. And the, the lyrics are really creative and poetic and go into unexpected places that has a really good attitude because she was in that, you know, the band Bird Cloud, which mm -hmm. had that band was such an attitude band. Yeah. And I, but I still hear some of that attitude in oh, sure. Jay's songs. That yeah. It's kind of chaotic in a really cool way. Yeah. You know? For sure. She's, yeah. she's brilliant. Yeah. I agree. And speaking of Bird Cloud, I think we're transitioning to Dave Cloud yes. and the Gospel of Power. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I think of those two as kindred spirits in a weird way. Bird cloud, cloud and, Dave, and cloud. Yeah, they're both not the just clouds. the names yeah. though, but there's something very spring watery about yeah. the both of them for sure. So, well, there's the bird cloud album cover where they're in spring, in spring water. water. Yeah, and then if you go to spring water now, there's pictures of Dave Cloud in there. Yeah, and he was kind of like that was his domain. That's true. I would say yeah, his he was, haunt. Even. His haunt. He haunted it. He he still he probably haunts it now that he's <laughs> a ghost, but. 
Yeah, he died, and he was he was such a big presence. I think you know before I even really played music, and I was a person in Nashville. I'm trying to think when I first saw him, but at least when I was old enough to drink or go to Springwater, he would be there and mm-hmm. um, was always so funny. And and just be in the neighborhood, like he would go to Bongo Java on Belmont Boulevard. Yeah. Just a total presence and everything he said was so funny. And he was a smart guy too, but the music is so, I love it. It's punky and... This record is kind of like the most produced of all of his records, to my knowledge. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong on that, but from what I've heard, this is definitely like a full band like yeah big band kind yeah, of sound yeah. we even i even had a a jam session with him i might i feel like it was on super bowl sunday but it was he died really shortly thereafter but it was over i think it was at the place where he recorded which actually to tie it together when we did the who made these shirts ep and there's a picture on the front matt bach recorded that ep mm-hmm. and he played in dave cloud's band and recorded a lot of the stuff and i and i believe it might even be that that song was recorded in the same place that we did the ep wow so you really tied it all together yeah yeah i i think (laughs) i don't i I can't say for sure where they recorded that one but i i think it could have been there that matt recorded it just like he recorded us i remember him doing that song live and I, i also love the lyrics of that song where he says why do you hate the hippies so much which is you know, a fair question. And you know, I guess we have to think about the legacy of the hippies. And um, yeah, I know. guess it depends on who you're asking. I exactly. don't hate the hippies. I'm exactly. Very comfortable with the hippies. Hippies. Yeah. Depends on the hippie, I guess. It, that song's cool because it's a, it's called Flowers and it kind of has a hippie-ish message, but the music is so raw and yeah. wild. Agreed. Yeah. For sure. It's yeah. a complex character. Yeah. Both of those, Jasmine and Dave, I think are intelligent good with words and i like that kind of stuff yeah yeah for sure yeah i do want us to get to another set of music but i feel passionately that lyrics get uh overlooked way too much a lot of people think of lyrics as uh, just another instrument and it is an instrument but i think that it's it's unfortunate when your lyrics don't really provoke any thought yeah a person who is a hero to our band is david berman and he was the master a total master samurai of lyrics you know i saw a quote of him recently where he said there's different kinds of music a certain kind of music kind of asks you to think about your life and reflect and then other kinds of music is background music or just something that kind of feels nice and it washes over you and i like i like both but my what i like to make is more a lyrical thing to me my favorite kind of music has always been bob dylan lou reed stuff like where the the lyrics are really grabbing your Mm -hmm. your head and shaking it yeah yeah making you reflect yeah exactly it's definitely a good thing to do i think for sure yeah probably i think it's no for sure without a doubt people should do that you should think about your life yeah Yeah. that's true that's true (laughs) that is true um let's go into another crave on song and then we'll play some other tracks from some other people uh is there anything in particular that you want to hear possibly from slow pulsing rainbow let's do the opening song settle up right yeah Out of the bath That old pair 
left an imprint Now things are different And Tin is looking out for good luck More control than a fish in a bowl And that ain't really saying all that much Inside my head there is a story that unfolds It twists and tumbles only waiting 
Time is calling on you And I feel so bad I would have you the whole night through And I'd be so glad Now it's twelve and the moon is dark so blue let us pick up where we did start and I'd be with you you and I'd be with you top of that set we heard settle up from Cravon off of slow pulsing rainbow that is the opening track of the record we'll talk about it in just a second after that we heard lou turner with green and growing off of the recently released microcosmos and then we closed with shane perry's i'd be so glad from frown town what can you tell me about settle up 
Settle up. It was one of this. Ba- it was co-written by me and Kate, and um, it was just one of these songs that we wrote during the lockdown. We had just a ton of them piled up, and um, that one kind of felt like a good opening salvo type song where it's just has a certain feeling. You know, it starts with it says I'm going slow as molasses at the beginning. So because it's slow pulsing rainbow, thought okay, that's a good way to start it and it also kind of reminded me in a way of uh rocks off by the rolling stones the first song on exile on main street especially because it goes into the a slow bridge part so i don't know it just felt like um it was a kind of sort of character song as in like it's not strictly autobiographical like i'm not say i can't find my glasses i do wear glasses not all the time but sometimes (laughs) but uh we were kind of just trying to inhabit a sure frame of mind of a kind of person who's behind the ball and it feels like okay i've got to get my act together sooner or later so that's the that's the kind of lyrical theme of that song that's great yeah yeah i don't think songs have to be 100 percent autobiographical it's always nice to embody a character i think yeah but i do think are. that your own experiences make for the best music and you can have both of those things at the same time yeah i don't know there's something about writing purely from a character standpoint that i think is tough yeah it's like randy newman style i don't think with craven we have we have any songs where we just said we're gonna write a song from the point of view of like uh you know the president of the united states or whatever Mm -hmm. but interesting choice (laughs) (laughs) i just try to i'm trying to think but yeah it was it's like you know to to take a few liberties lyrically, imaginatively, spice it up. You can include stuff that's not strictly autobiographical, but I think of it as a kind of like maybe like the Walking Phoenix character in the Inherent Vice movie. Just the kind of it's a kind of a lay about. It's kind of anti work song, I I would say. Yeah, a kind of um, not saying like pro laziness, but just to say we don't have to be grinding all the time so hard maybe i don't know that's what it makes me think of but i mean yeah. you wrote it you know what it means but it was so long ago that it was i don't really it's kind of the me that wrote it and me now oh. it's it's there's other songs that are more recent and and this song was kind of a long time i mean the album was a long time coming and we recorded this in i'm gonna say early 2021 i mean there's so much songs that we've written between then and now that this isn't really unfortunately for trying to like promote the album it's not so fresh in my mind of oh that's classic though that (laughs) happens all the time yeah yeah every almost every musician i know talks to them about like what their latest release is and they're like yeah yeah i'm kind of done with those songs i'm I'm moved on like by the time you get something recorded and mixed and mastered and you make the artwork and you got your marketing release plan and you put it out and you do your singles and you do your videos and you get it out so you're so far removed from the initial like hype of making that thing that you're it's almost detached from it you know yeah Yeah, not entirely but it happens a lot it was, yeah, it was all it was all recorded over, almost two years ago. That I mean, that song particularly. Some of the some of the songs in the album are more recent. Charming the Matador is more recent, and Gray, Black, and White was the last one we did. But that was of the that one and Exit Trip and Dandelion, which start the album, are from that late 2020, early 2021, when it was 
everything was totally locked down and you're like, is it okay if Brian comes over and should he wear a mask? I don't yeah. you know. It was that kind of vibe at the time. Mm-hmm. You didn't know, like, is it safe to even be around people? Yeah. But we just. I remember. Yeah. It was, it was gnarly, but. It was very gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to go back to that. Right. I know it's not over. Right. But... Right. But at least we can, at least we can gather and play shows. And at that time we were, yeah, missing it so much. But that was, I think, I think first song we did was Exit Trip and then probably Dandelion and Settle Up were the next that we did for, for the album, I think. After that Cravon song, we heard Green and Growing by Lou Turner off of Microcosmos. Big fan of Lou Turner. Very yes. talented individual. Oh, yeah. Uh, member of Styrofoam Winos. Yeah. But I think, you know, don't want to put her in that bucket too much because she does so much on her own that's amazing yeah she's very talented i mean i think the the, loudest right yes she did she even played um flute on our on ace on the outspeaker oh okay there's 30 days the second to last song on there she's playing flute and on ozzy osbourne she's got a flute overdub that's kind of buried in the mix but she's a dear friend of ours super talented person she's a writer she plays flute she plays drums bass guitar everything right yeah that crew of styrofoam winos are all just like disgustingly talented it's true yeah yeah they're it's offensive how good they are at doing all the things they're all yeah, they're all great. They're, they're, they're lovely people. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I yeah. don't know any of them, but I, I love the Styrofoam Winos yeah. records and then all of the solo work from them. Yeah. Like each one of them individually. I'm like, you bastards. Mm. You're so good. They're really great. Yeah, we've, we did a little mini tour with them one time. We did, th- I think it was just three shows, but we've been friends with them since 2017 or so and so it's really cool every time any of them put out a new album to hear what they're doing and that one's got i believe the bass on it is matt swanson who's played Mm. in lamb chop and um but yeah they're super talented and they're our our buddies i i recommend everyone listen to lou turner uh microcosmos is great it's a really great record after that we heard shane perry with i'd be so glad off of the ep frown town uh shane perry is a member of the band the medium he's like probably the primary songwriter at least for the first record from the medium he's like the primary songwriter but now it's becoming a little bit more collaborative you said you didn't know a ton about this uh, right. when we were talking off air, but I can tell you that Shane Perry is really prolific. Uh-huh. And so he just has a ton of songs. He's yeah. been writing music for a very long time since he was a teenager. Yeah. He just has a lot of output. Yeah. And being in a band like the medium, you're not really in a position to just churn it out. Right. right. Like they're, they've got publicists, they've right. got a tour that they're doing. They're like promoting the album, the right. medium's album. So I think this I can't say for sure. I haven't talked to him about it, but I'm fairly certain that this EP is just kind of the result of like, I have a lot of music and I want to put it out. Right. Which I can assume most artists kind of feel that way. You don't really want to have a backlog of like 30 songs or something that you like, that you want the world to hear. And someone's telling you like, hey, save that for the next medium record that comes out in two years. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like... um, Guided by Voices, they just put out music all the time. Yeah, it definitely and, worked for them. But I remember, I, I mean, they aren't on any label now. I think they just put their own stuff out because, and I, I think Robert Pollard said, well, we didn't want to be on a label because they want, they don't want you to put out four albums in a year. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, this, I just 
found this because I was listening to the medium and I saw that this was also there. So I listened to it. It's like five kind of shortish songs. So the whole thing is less than 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And those are the best. Yeah. Those are the best. It's like they're all two and a half minutes or something and really kind of zany at times and quirky. Mm -hmm. And his voice reminds me of John Anderson from the band Yes. Right. I thought it was cool, but I didn't know anything about it, so I'm glad you could fill in the gap. Yeah, he's a very talented songwriter. I like his voice a lot. I I kind of agree with you that, well, I don't know if you feel this way, but I kind of agree with Guided by Voices in that if you have it, do it. You know, you're only on the earth for so long. Like, if you got a bunch of music and you feel proud of it, like, put it out. Yeah, there's different people like Lil B, the rapper. Have you ever heard him? I have not. He just is like a person that just goes like churn. You know, it's just like pouring out mm-hmm. so that it's like a, at, when you're at that extreme of it, it's just you could just make a song a day and just put it up every single day. Right. Do, and I remember interview with um, James Murphy from LCD Sound System where he said, oh, I'm, I'm so I'm so pathetic because I've only done like three albums in 15 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think probably more people want to be like, have a big catalog. You also want it to be good though. Sure. But we definitely feel like for us, since we took three three years between albums, 2019, 2022, we definitely want to get the next one out sooner rather than later. Yeah, but it's all personal preference, right? Like number one, your three year gap had a lot of outside influences. I don't take that too hard on yourself that you yeah. took three years. Right. I mean, most people were in lockdown yeah you were in lockdown and having a child yeah like yeah lots going on there right, right. uh but you know i think i don't it's just a hard thing like the ceo of spotify says like yeah if bands want to be successful they just got to put out more music yeah and that's infuriating to right. hear yeah the flip side is if you are an artist that has a ton of music and you're happy about it you know you can put it out i just i feel so conflicted about the whole thing because a lot of the technology to get your music heard by people only favors new things yeah i I think that online music is designed i mean i think the internet favors new things yeah that's why you get on the internet is you want to see what's new if you i mean but it's relative new is new to you like it doesn't make like if i put out uh i put out an album by a band called you drive which is jasmine and makeup and vanity set i think it's a wonderful record we did our best with promotion on it but didn't have like a huge budget that record some of the songs from that get licensed and they're used on like youtube shows and other things like that so people are constantly discovering it and they'll go over to the official music video for it and be like this is the greatest song i love this so much people are sleeping on this band and it's like this album's been out for three or four years right but it's new to you yeah the algorithms don't care about that right it literally has to be new yeah for it to like show up in your stuff yeah i don't like that well it's there's so many things like i'm able to be here and talk about this album because it's a new thing when we have a a new album we have a release show and it creates it whereas if we had a show and and we said this is celebrating our 2019 album based on the outspeaker it would just be hard to get behind that i don't know i think people people like a new piece of music i mean music music press if i send music to a music magazine they're not gonna really review it unless it's a new thing right most of the time so i think but isn't that bullshit well maybe it's like as a planet we're too interested in new stuff but i don't i can understand why people like new stuff because 
you know, our little baby son, when he's, he's brand new and it's like, everyone's so excited when he's there. He brings joy everywhere he goes. So I could see why people like, he's, he's, he's an example of a new thing. Sure. So he's not going to be entertaining when he's eight. Cause eh, well, he's eight, it's eight I years mean, old. Who cares? How, and look at us. How entertaining are we compared to a baby? You <laughs> I'll, know? T- I'll tell you what the numbers are on this episode and that'll tell I don't, don't want to know. I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate knowing, yeah. but I also can't help but look, but it is the numbers. I mean, that's the thing with online music is you can look at the numbers and see how much play. So I, I can look at, you know, when I look at this album, I see every album the plays tend to go down as the album goes on because it's natural people sure. are listening to the first songs and people get distracted. They go listen to something else. You know, that's kind of why we did for this album, the two singles with music videos that we did before the album came out, we chose stuff that was on the second half of the album because like, you need to get this far. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just, okay. At least people, at least we know now that people heard that stuff. Yeah at the on the second half whereas if people start at track one and they listen through the first six songs so they don't make it to that one at least we know that we directed people to that yeah at one point so those songs didn't get overlooked whereas with ace on the outspeaker like the last song dark corners i really liked that one but i felt like i was i never heard anybody tell me that's something with Spotify or online music. I feel like it favors singles instead of albums. Oh, for sure. 100%. So, so when you do put out an album and you're a, an indie band or an unsigned band, then I think that's a risky run. You have to know that it's not because we put all the best songs at the front. We we wanted to put the you know distribute the best songs, what we thought are the best songs, sure. evenly throughout. But then you don't even know what people are going to respond to because with that one, it was like Rust Under the Hood. People really liked that song. And we put that at the beginning of the second half. I didn't think, oh, that's going to be the most popular song on the album. Yeah, I, I think if to truly do a, to follow what the CEO of Spotify says, I think you would just do singles and not albums. Right. You know? Right. But rock music is a album-oriented format indie music whatever right so if we go back in history though it's not it's a singles format if you go back far enough so i guess it was the beatles that started it you know and in the 60s with stuff like pet sounds and sergeant peppers Mm -hmm. yeah like people like chuck berry didn't do albums really yeah when the when the 60s came and when it became less just fun teenager music and then when it was these artistic statements like revolver right sergeant peppers abbey road then at that point it's like an album is like a symphony or a novel or a film right exactly but you could but you could also say don't be so pretentious about it and just do what chuck berry did he just made banger after banger uh, just these little sure. two and a half minute songs that are a little world yeah. unto itself yeah that band repeat repeat has been putting out uh singles for like two years now or something yeah. like very very regularly and they're yeah. great and they're going to put out a new record i think next month yeah very soon and it's 27 tracks like it's yeah. a massive record yeah but only five of the songs are new Right. Yeah, people say you could not in, you could not but I yeah, think yeah. I don't want to downplay what repeat repeats up to right, but. but that but what they're doing is releasing their album one song at a time yeah. basically. Yeah. But kind of like the tradition that we're working in of when we think of television Marky Moon or Love Forever Changes, the look those are the iconic albums. When we make an album, we're trying to make something that sure. that can be that good even you know, however short we fall of it, that's our goal. 
I mean, if, if we were like, we just have to crush this algorithm, then it would make sense. And maybe we will do, I don't know, we could do. Yeah, next record, who knows what we We could be. do more singles next time. I mean, I'm definitely learning more all the time about what are, you know, better practices for releasing music. Because like I said, when we, like the first album we did, I just put it up on Bandcamp right. Christmas Day. It didn't occur to me that that wouldn't be a good day to release music. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm learning, but... I mean, ultimately, we're going to work on music next month, and it's all it's all written, but we're thinking of it as an album. We have a title, and it's, it's going to be, you know, 10 to 12 songs in the 30 to 40-minute range. That's just a, a convenient way to frame it and think yeah. of it, you know? But the way it's released, I mean, I'm, when we're just spitballing here, it doesn't matter how you release it as long as it ends up eventually as the album. You could still do it a new track every three weeks yeah and roll it out that way and then at the end here's the album the album's out it's just like the exact same thing yeah i mean maybe we'll do that yeah. maybe maybe we're you know maybe we're, new we're solving this right now maybe we're yeah <laughs> maybe so i don't know but i mean that solves the problem of what daniel x said of you need to be re- releasing music more frequently if you just release a smaller amount of music but then you have to ask yourself is that really exciting to you as an artist exactly you know d- right. is that really what you want to do because ultimately at the end of the day we we have to be happy with how the band is going and the band doesn't exist to throttle the algorithm and right you yes know, yes we're, we're, we we need to and as you know as a band we're working together on an album and it's just fun for us to say like how are these songs going to fit together so if people find it works really well for them to and, and if people are genuinely excited to do it one song at a time then amazing and maybe we'll do that i'm not i wouldn't i wouldn't write it write it off so who knows we'll see all right let's play another crave on song another set here uh do you want to play something from ace on the outspeaker let's do dark corners because i was just saying you know that's the last track on Ace on the outspeaker, so you know, just just to give it shed a little light on it. In the dark corner. Exactly. Pyramid spiral Jupiter Mark. In the pavement facing the stars After miles and miles of beautiful real estate Yearning to return to room 88 Juniper, violet, sparrow and crow Lake of the serpent where the waterfall flows After years and years of endless yesterdays Got it so that you don't have to stay in dark corners Finding a way into the fantasy Dark corners Ooh, dark corners It's a dream, it's a vision, it's reality Dark corners Gentle purple and green Sparks fly high from the new machine After hours and hours 
of pages and pictures Still go crazy at the taste of that mixture Unicorn, mermaid, lion and lamb Rainbow burst from the palm of the hand After decades and decades of the balance disturbed It's clear in here so that you can emerge from dark corners Finding a way into the fantasy Dark corners Ooh, dark corners It's a dream, it's a vision, it's reality Dark corners, yeah Ooh, dark corners Clawing your way into the fantasy Scars than some, but maybe more than you. 
and I'll stand by all the crazy things I've done. There's no one left I want to be. My former life has been destroyed. Now it's just you and you and me. My brave girl and my brave little Sun and thunder Wash away the remnants of my rage Grace and wonder I invite you in to take their place
All right, top of that set was Dark Corners by Cravon from the record Ace on the Outspeaker. After that, we heard Peace Police with Sun and Thunder from the album called 2022. And then we closed with Zook and the track Evergreen. So uh, we just talked about Dark Corners, and there it is. There it is. That's the final track from Ace on the Outspeaker. People might not have heard it because they don't have attention spans to get them to it. Yeah, maybe they have. I don't know. I mean, I know some people have. Some people haven't, but it's, it's all good. I mean... It's there for, you know, there's still, you know, there's still time. Somebody who isn't um, born yet might hear it someday. Who knows? Well, I think it's, you know, to, to call back to my point that I made just a moment ago, it's always new to you. Yeah. So if you haven't heard uh, Ace on the Outspeaker, go go listen to Slow Pulsing Rainbow first. Let's let's juice those numbers. Yeah. yeah. But then let it keep playing and listen to Ace on the Outspeaker. Uh, yeah. I, it's a great record uh, for sure. Ca- thank you. Thank Top you. to bottom. Yeah. Uh, I'm partial to Ouroboros myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. But you know, I like the whole record. I think yeah. Dark Corners is definitely a great ending track there. To excellent way to to pull it all together and that one has um lou turner and that one has two of the styrofoam winos played on that song dark corners joe kinkle and trevor necrant they came over and they laid down some kind of squelchy synth noises and i chopped those up and sprinkled them in there so so that has a little bit of uh wino vibe in there (laughs) a little bit of wino vibe yeah yeah uh it's a great record uh slow pulsing rainbow also a great record definitely recommend people go and check those out after that we heard peace police with the track sun and thunder i think this is maybe an area where i know nothing i don't know anything about peace police sure so this is um Francesco, he is, I think, originally from New York. Kyle Hamlet introduced me to him. We played a show together at Halcyon Bike Shop in 2019. And he's um, he used to have a band called Heaven's Jail in New York. And I think Matthew Hawk from Phosphorescent produced one of their albums or mm-hmm. something like that. So... Um, Francesco's here in town. He's got a very unique style. He's very lyrically focused stories in his songs. He has all kind of great imagery. But that album, 2022, came out, I think, a week ago. And there was a release show at Betty's. Yeah, it's a good album. And I think he's got another one in the can that's hopefully coming out again. You know, sometime soon, but um, if Bandcamp is to be trusted, this is the debut record, debut of Peace Police. But he did give me a Heaven's Jail album, and that stuff's really good too. So I if that, that's one thing with yeah, music. It doesn't have to be new. Go check out if you like that. Check out the Peace Police album. Go listen to the Heaven's Jail because yeah. that that stuff's good too. Now his palette is it seems to be uh, acoustic guitar with a little bit of keyboard and, and some electric guitar overdubs, but his old band was more of a rock and roll band. Yeah. He knows the good music like he knows all the Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen deep cuts and everything. So he's a knowledgeable talented dude. A wellspring of influence. Yeah, he's a, he's got good influences and he's a nice guy too. Oh, that's a killer combo. Yeah. Absolutely. After that we heard Zook and Evergreen. I believe the Evergreen is a standalone single but it's part of a larger record coming soon. I think that's true. But I don't know exactly when it will be released. I know that the album is called Vases. Yeah. It is set for release in 2022. We're running out of time for this yeah. to get out there. Yeah. Well, but hopefully could, uh, very soon. Christmas Day is a good time to release music. I heard it's not. <laughs> I heard it's not. Um, we just 
a couple days ago played a show at Springwater. Zook was on the bill. He's got one album from before this, Garden, Garden Variety. Variety. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I've talked to him a lot about music. I know he's really he really likes the band Blur. And I think somehow that kind of Britpop influence does come through. Yeah, I can hear that seeping in there for yeah. sure. You know, I think Thomas Luminoso is in his band. Right. I think there's some overlap with some Total Wife yeah. members as well. Yeah. I love it. That track yeah. is awesome. We've played it here on the show before. I'm really excited for that album to come out. It's it's going to be awesome. I have like zero doubts in my mind that that album is going to be fantastic. I heard it. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sent it to me, yeah. It's a really nice cluster of bands. Thomas Luminoso, Rigby, Total Wife, Zook, Rube. There's all these people in Nashville. We don't even have time to play them all. Right. But a lot of really talented people and people playing in each other's bands. So there's dots to connect and it's very exciting. Yeah, I feel like we almost need a wiki these days just to keep track of everybody. I know. it's There's so many people that are just overlapping in so many different bands. And yeah. it's such a fun sort of like string to follow you yeah we start pulling on you're like oh i like this band zook who's yeah. this thomas luminoso person what's total wife what's yeah. rigby you yeah. know oh dark matter somehow involved with that what's yeah, that yeah. you know you just you can yeah. go forever and it's it's fun it's really it's fun. like wikipedia doesn't reach down far enough you know <laughs> they have too too high of a uh, standard no i'm kidding i think that we yeah we could do a wikipedia in our brains or i guess hmm. that we do that interesting you're talking about remembering things <laughs> yeah yeah That's strange yeah. Yeah. make your own wikipedia in your mind there you go There's, in your heart yeah wikipedia in your heart yeah i like it that's that could be an album <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let that inspire you when you go into the studio. Yeah. Sorry about all the songs you already wrote. Yeah. But uh there's just new inspiration coming in. Yeah. Well I think we are about wrapping it up here. I wanna ask if there's anything you wanna throw out before we before we wrap it up. I would say um everyone uh have a good Thanksgiving and Christmas or whatever holidays you're gonna celebrate this year and uh check out the Slow Pulsing Rainbow album. There's three music videos. The album is everywhere where music streams and um we're gonna play depending on when people listen to this, we'll play um uh, we're playing on the tenth of December at Springwater. But we're around, we're crazy. And also on. the twentieth, is that right? Yeah, we're playing also their um, vinyl tap with uh, Ziona Riley. We're doing uh, it's the tenth with Vladipus Nine and the Cave Crickets, who's another awesome band, which features Matt Bach. Then on the twentieth um, with Ziona Riley and someone coming in from out of town, Cal Folger Day. So those are our two shows, and that, that's all we have on the calendar for now. Cool. Yeah. Um, you can find the band on Instagram at Crave on the Band. You can find them on Twitter at Crave on Band. No, the. And then there's always Bandcamp, craveon.bandcamp.com. Yes. Uh, or stream it if you're a streamer. It'll all be linked in the episode show notes. You can find all of that uh, very easily. I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, I can't believe it's over. We were having uh, so much fun, and I feel like we could have talked for hours and hours. It's but, true, but yeah. we've been in here for two hours. Wow. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to stop. So we'll have to carve this down just a little. Yeah, it's so. a good idea. Who knows how long it'll be. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that is our show. Thank you for listening. We'll, we'll have you back. And Thank we'll, you. We'll chat Thank some more. You. This is a really great format. I love playing the band and then two other bands and then yeah. the band is fantastic love it if you all want to submit some music hit us up at we own this town uh on twin on twitter or instagram you know send me a dm or shoot an email to michael at we i will eventually reply 
If you aren't subscribed to the show already, do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Uh, The music that's playing underneath this right now is Upright T-Rex music, so thanks to them for giving me that. Find them at utxmusic.com. We are going to close the show with another Craven track. This is Charming the Matador from Slow Pulsing Rainbow. Let this be your opportunity to go listen to the whole record. Do it. Cheers to that. Cheers. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Yeah.